This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Thursday, first November edition of East Coast Bias right here for our friends on FanDuel TV and, of course, on the Ringer Gambling Show feed. We have Raheem Palmer, Joe House, John Zustremski getting you ready for week nine across the board in the NFL, about at the halfway point of the 2023 season. So it's a very good one o'clock and four o'clock window of games. The primetime games leave a lot to be desired. But from a bigger picture standpoint, House, is there a fear factor? Knowing team of the week actually delivered the following week in Cincinnati. Bengals were the team of the week. They beat the Bills on Sunday night. Uh, I, I was going to say we had to fade the Ravens immediately because that's been a theme of this 2023 season. But maybe the team of the week can actually gain some momentum, dude. I'm not fading the Ravens. What's the theory for fading the Ravens? It's the best defense in the entire NFL. Um, I love the spot for the Ravens. We'll have an opportunity to, to talk it through. But uh, there are a couple other opportunities on this board I like. I hate to be, um, you know, redundant, but I like the Bengals again this week. Raheem Stunner, by the way. House likes the Bengals. I might as well get House uh, a Joe Burrow jersey. I might as well get him some Staten Island food from Coach Luana Rumo's house. And that way, House can officially adopt the Bengals as his AFC team. Uh, but between the Bengals and the Texans, the Niners and the Jaguars, the Lions and the Chargers, pretty juicy slate in the one in the four o'clock window, Raheem. Yeah, very juicy slate. And as far as House, I mean, you look at the Cincinnati Bengals right now, they are 14 to 1 at FanDuel to win the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow is down to plus 900 to win MVP after the slow start. And it's looking like he has a real shot because the MVP award is wide open right now. Well, you mentioned Super Bowl odds. And on this show, we gave out Cincinnati. Really, over the last couple of weeks, we told you you could get them at 23 to 1. There was still good value there. There was still good value at 20 to 1 or 17 to 1. And to Raheem's point, now it's all the way down to 14 to 1. But I still think there's value, even though they may not win their division. That's a team that knows how to win on the road in the postseason. We've seen it the last two years. They have Joe Burrow as their quarterback, who is as cool a customer as it gets in these big spots, in these big moments. And 
you know, they won in Kansas City two years ago. They easily could have won in Kansas City last year. So I think if you wanted to go on FanDuel and invest in Cincinnati and get the Super Bowl, I don't know how anybody could fight you on that. But Raheem, you know I love these make-the-miss playoff odds. And we talked about this on our show Monday when we were dissecting the Jets, the Chargers, and the Texans who had the best chance of the three to get to the playoffs, even though I like the Chargers on Monday night. I gave you the Jets. You don't feel particularly good about that with Zach Wilson at quarterback. But I found this one fascinating. And I want to hit you guys on this right out of the gate. The Buffalo Bills, who have this ridiculous point differential, but it's a Buffalo team that is not the same defensively. It's a Buffalo team in which they feel they clearly feel like they're off from what they've been in years past. But still, even with their schedule being as tough as it is, Dream, I saw them at minus 128 to make the playoffs. You tell me the Buffalo Bills are missing the playoffs, dude. I don't know, man. They got Denver at home. They got the Jets at home. I feel like Buffalo has got to find their way to 10, right? I think they find their way, but they do have such a brutal schedule. And I, I mean, it is a brutal schedule. I mean, you got Denver, you got the Jets, but you still got to play the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers and Miami on the road to close out the season. So that's a reason why you're seeing these odds reflected the way they are. I'm not going to go either one direction or the other because the way this Buffalo Bills team is playing, it, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. It feels like there's a governor on the offense. It feels like Sean McVay is trying to protect the defense with the offense, but he's not allowing the offense to play optimally. I mean, they should be, you know, throwing the ball. We should have more Josh Allen rollouts. Instead, it's just super conservative. And in the defense, with all of those guys missing, Trey White, Matt Milano, they just can't stop a nosebleed. So I understand why the odds are where they are, but I just think the team is just too talented offensively for me to bet them to miss the postseason. Yeah, at this price, for me, it's a stay away. There's no real inducement one way or the other to, to jump on the Bills. And as you try and, and dissect how the AFC is going to play out, I still tend to believe that three teams from the AFC North are going to make the playoffs. I haven't yet decided whether it's the, the, the Steelers or the Browns, but I know that the Bengals and the Ravens, knock on wood, as long as everybody's healthy and everything plays out the way it's supposed to, those are two teams. And I think at least what, either the Browns or Pittsburgh are in really good shape to do so as well. So if you have the Dolphins and the, uh, the, the, the Jaguars and the Chiefs also in there, there's not a lot of room. I mean, this was the conundrum when we were sizing up the AFC in the first place, trying to forecast who's going to make the playoffs. And Dream just went through this tough schedule that the Bills have uh, still in front of them. They have to figure something out on defense. It's been, you know, uh, 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 the since they took the punch to the jaw over in London, they haven't really recovered. Now, I do believe in Sean McDermott, and I think the Rasul Douglas uh, um, acquisition should be helpful. But, man, it's a tough road in front of these bills. I don't want to mess with it at all right now. Fellas, I am going to mess with it. I'm betting yes at minus 128. And my logic is they got Denver at home this week. They have the Jets at home the following week. Now, if they lose one of those two games, they're probably not making the playoffs anyway, right? Like, if you can't beat Denver at home, and if you can't beat Zach Wilson, and you're going to lose to the Jets twice— then you know what? Shame on me. I deserve to lose this bet. 
But I think if Buffalo wins these two particular games, I don't think you're going to get minus 128 to FanDuel, even with some of those tough games on the schedule. So I'm locking that one in. I am in on the Bills to make the postseason. House, here's another one. We know the NFC. There's going to be a mediocre team that gets that last playoff spot. The Minnesota Vikings all of a sudden have a little bit of a new lease on life, even with their quarterback done for the year. Joshua Dobbs comes in. They have this heroic win last week against the Atlanta Falcons. Minnesota right now is at plus 104 to make the playoffs. They're going to get Justin Jefferson back. It's a matter of when, not if. Dobbs, O'Connell, the defense getting better under Brian Flores. Can I entice you, House, to go and take the Vikings basically even money to maybe be that last playoff team? See, this one makes a lot of sense to me. Because you're looking at the NFC, and you uh, forecasted exactly right, JJ. There are only seven teams with winning records in the NFC, and the Vikings are one of them. The Vikings, because of their division, still have some opportunities. They get the Bears. They get the the, the Packers. Those two teams stink. I like the, the Vikings over both of them. They have uh, a road game at, at the Broncos. They have a road game. At the Raiders, I mean, the pathway for the Vikings is 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 there. The only thing with the Vikings is they're experiencing a little bit of uh, health concern right now, uh, especially on defense. I don't really love them this week um, at home getting points against the Saints after that uh, emotional win down in Atlanta. But the Vikings have a little bit of room. There's a path for the Vikings. I feel like there's a couple different ways for them to get in in this NFC conference stream. Yeah, I don't like this one at all. And a big reason why is because House said they have the injury bug. I mean, a lot of their players are going to the hospital right now. You got Justin Jefferson. He's been out. KJ Osborne, he got banged up. TJ Hawkinson, Kristen Derisaw. I really hate them this week. And if you're going to take them this week and I feel like they're going to lose that number is only going to get better. So I'm not seeing any value on them to make the postseason. In addition, when I look at last week, it was a cool story. Dobbs, he got off the plane. He was thrust into the game. But I feel like a lot of his success had to do with the fact that the Atlanta Falcons were preparing for Jaron Hall. So Josh Dobbs has pretty much been solved by the NFL. If you look at him since week five, He's been second worst in EPA for play and fourth worst in success rate. So I'm not buying that he could pull this team to the postseason at all. I would stay away from this one. Okay, then, Dream. Let's look at the NFC. Let's assume Philly Dallas in two, Detroit in three. Somebody wins the South four. You want to tell me the second loser in the South five? Is that where you're looking at the, that final playoff team? Because I basically just did the math. If we're putting San Fran and Seattle in, if we're putting Detroit in, that's three. Philly and Dallas is five. Winner of the South is six. Do you have the loser of Atlanta, New Orleans as that last playoff team? Is that the way you see it? Yeah, that's, that's exactly the way I see it. I think Atlanta, like to me, they have much more potential than a Vikings team. Even though, remember now, House, Atlanta will not have a tiebreaker over Minnesota because of the fact they lost this game last Sunday. And listen, you know I'm invested in Atlanta every which way to win the division. I have Atlanta to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. So I got I got a dog in this fight, Raheem and House. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I hope you're right on that because I need Atlanta to go and make the playoffs for me to really feel good about my futures tickets. Um, but I, I get nervous about those tiebreakers, House, because 
We've seen it, right? Like, you don't have the right end of the tiebreakers. You have the same record, and boom, you get the shaft. Well, it may not come down to a tiebreaker, JJ. And I just want to be on the record. Atlanta stinks. They stink. I mean, they, they were supposed to be a team that had, you know, real uh, op- uh, opportunity to get to nine wins. And, you know, their defense has all this improvement. I just haven't seen it. But they're, what they have in terms of a, rec- uh, 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 a schedule remaining, they're at the Cardinals. They're uh, uh, only a tiny uh, favorite there at the Cardinals. Then they have Saints. Okay, that's that's uh, an important in the division uh, matchup. But then Jets, Buccaneers, Panthers, Colts, Bears, and then they end with the Saints. So schedule wise, certainly you would prefer Atlanta over Minnesota. But let me repeat myself: Atlanta stinks. Fair enough. Now, we have a lot of games to get to. San Francisco, Jacksonville, Detroit and the Chargers, Cleveland and Baltimore. Is this the week somebody's going to pick off the Baltimore Ravens with that Cleveland offense? Cleveland's either going to win the game or they're going to lose by 20-plus points. We got a lot of thoughts on the Week 9 card across the board in the NFL. The East Coast Bias Boys are coming right back. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, all customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay for every Thursday night football game. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. It's uh, a tough one, to say the least, between the Panthers and the Chicago Bears. Uh, I can't put my money on Carolina's offense. I'll take Chicago, hold my nose, and lay the three-and-a-half. And the game is going to be gross. So give me an under as far as that goes. The NFL same game parlays, the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Just visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers for your chance to get a no-sweat same game parlay every Thursday. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Refund issued is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund, $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, let's get right to it, guys. There are a lot of games here in Week 9, a lot of games that have some serious intrigue. Uh, I'm going to start with San Fran and Jacksonville because House... The Niners are licking their wounds coming in this game, but they're coming off their bye week. They just lost to Cincinnati. They had lost to Minnesota. They had lost to Cleveland. They were this unstoppable force. Then all of a sudden, they got beat up. They lose Trent Williams. They lose Debo Samuel. And they didn't look like the same team. And they didn't look like the same offense. Jacksonville, you know, they were a three-point dog. Normally, I like Peterson in these spots where he's getting points. And... My initial lean when I was getting ready for the week is like, wow, I'm grabbing a three with Jacksonville. But I don't love the idea of fading San Francisco off a bye, especially knowing that San Francisco might be a little healthier going into this game. It's like my process has kind of evolved throughout the week. I was leaning Jacksonville. Now I'm kind of in a San Francisco direction going into this game. Where do we stand on the Niners and the Jaguars? So for me... I think looking back now at Brock Purdy's performance um, against both Minnesota and San Francisco, I think he was not over 
I mean, not San Francisco, the Bengals is who I meant to say. I think the concussion that he experienced in that Minnesota game, you know, he's the only player in the entire NFL this season that experienced a concussion in, in, on one Sunday and then came back and played the following Sunday. Now, congratulations to the Niners and their voodoo doctors for coming up with a scenario by which he could, he could meet and beat all the protocols. But the kind of mistakes he was making decision-making-wise against the Bengals suggest to me that he might have still, there might have been some lingering effects. Now, you mentioned that they are coming off of uh, a nice buy, a nice opportunity for everybody to get, get healthy. There is some indication that maybe Debo could be available for this game as we sit here sort of midweek. We're taping this show. If Debo's in the mix, then, you know, we love it. If Trent Williams is in the mix, then we love it. Jags also coming off of a bye, but I think San Francisco is in, in a different class, and this uh, situation of them coming in healthy, especially with Purdy, I prefer San Francisco here, Dream. So this one's interesting to me because I actually have these two teams. When I look at this matchup, I have it power rated at a pickup which is, I mean, it's probably going to shock a lot of people, but yeah, that's exactly where I have it. And I think I get the sneaky suspicion that this Jaguars team is better than we think it is. However, when those numbers include the last three games, and we all know the San Francisco 49ers have been banged up the last three games. You got Trent Williams. He was, he was out. You got Debo Samuel. You got Christian McCaffrey, who was on a pitch count after that oblique injury. So those power ratings actually include those numbers. So I don't know if my model is actually reflective of who San Francisco is. Now, the one thing I will say is that these are two top-tier defenses. The Jaguars are third in EPA for play. The San Francisco 49ers are 10th. The Jaguars are seventh in success rate. The 49ers are 10th. And we know the 49ers have added Chase Young. So I think this is going to be more of a defensive game than people realize. I would lean under 45. I think it was 46 earlier in the week. We saw some sharp money take it under. We also saw some sharp money on the 49ers. So I don't really want to lay the three. If you can get under a three, I would take the 49ers, but I also like the under. All right, let's get to a couple of games in the AFC North because the AFC North, to House's point, they are set up to have a couple of teams find their way to the playoffs. I think Baltimore is a lock to be there. I think Cincinnati is almost a lock, even with this schedule, to be there because I believe in their talent. And then you're trying to figure out, all right, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, who can kind of finagle themselves properly? Well, you have Cleveland. They beat up on Arizona. Whoop-de-doo. They get Deshaun Watson back. He still did not look great. I mean, his touchdown to Lamari Cooper gets deflected by like five different guys. All right, great. They beat the Cardinals. Go throw a parade. That defense goes to Baltimore. They are six-point underdogs against the Ravens. Now, Raheem, I understand how dangerous that defense is. We've said it with Cleveland. But I think Baltimore's defense is pretty darn good, too. They're playing as well as anybody. And they have been just wrecking teams in their building. I mean, they've been good to me. I had them against Detroit. I had them last week against Seattle. I'm in the state of mind with the Ravens because they've been my dogs, dude. I'm riding until I can't ride no more. It's as simple as that. Let me see Deshaun Watson going to that building, going to that environment, and put up points. Cleveland might keep it interesting. 
I just, I can't back Watson here in this spot. If I'm betting this game, and I haven't decided if it's going to be a part of my card, but it's Baltimore a pass for me. That's the way I see it. I think you're on the right side. And I think you mentioned the interesting thing. This Cleveland defense. When you look at the Cleveland defense at home, they are a different defense than they are on the road. Look at what they gave up on the road this season. To the Pittsburgh Steelers, they gave up 26 points on the road. When you look at the Indianapolis Colts, they gave up 39 points on the road. Against the Seattle Seahawks, they gave up 24 points on the road. So it's pretty clear that this defense, which is a top-tier unit, doesn't travel on the road. And they're taking going a Baltimore Ravens team, which has the third-best DVOA of all time. They have a league-best. 115-point differential. The closest team is the Bills at 80, followed by the 49ers at 78, and the Cowboys at plus 72. So I expect the Ravens to go out there and take this team into the deep waters and drown them. I think this is probably the last spot in which you can take the Ravens with some value. I look at this Browns team. Deshaun Watson, he's a shell of his former self. We can call him Larry Holmes status, flabby and sick. And now he's missing both of his tackles. We know Jack Conklin was already out and they just lost Jedrick Willis for the season. So they don't have the run game to rely on with Nick Chubb. The tackles are banged up. The defense doesn't travel. I like the Ravens minus six. They're going to step on this team. Wow. Dreams getting right into it. I mean, JJ, I don't have any reason to disagree with Dream, I was just looking for a little more conservative angle to play, but he's really bringing me around here. I mean, I was looking at the Ravens team total over 22 and a half, the Browns team total under 15 and a half. I have been so impressed by the uh, capacity of Baltimore to move the ball through the pass or through the run, depending on what the, the other side's defense is giving them. And they can score with the pass and they can score with the run. There has been some really interesting numbers in terms of the Browns in the red zone against uh, teams that can run for, for whatever reason. They're not very good. But the real focus here is the fact that this Browns offense can't do anything. They did not have any drives over 60 yards last week against the Cardinals and Clayton Toon. I mean, the Cardinals defense. And they averaged less than five yards per play. And, you know, when are we going to see a good Deshaun Watson game? When, when's the first one? I mean, maybe earlier this season you could point to, but I, I'm still very skeptical. It is Baltimore for me as well, and I'm probably going to play something on those team totals. Okay, one guys. thing One thing I will add is yes. that the Baltimore Ravens, they take on the Cincinnati Bengals in four days on Thursday night football. What so, a Thursday night game. Wow. Cincy and so, Baltimore. How about Al Michaels actually get excited for that one? So a lot of people may look at this game as a possible look-ahead spot. I don't think it's a look-ahead spot. I think it's a divisional game where Baltimore steps on them, but this is the last week. After this week, we're going to sell high on Baltimore, and we'll probably be taking the Cincinnati Bengals next week. All right, speaking of Cincinnati, I'm glad you mentioned them, Dream, because they're in a fascinating game. I can't believe, House, we're talking about Houston and Cincy as a fascinating game. It is, though, because of the emergence of C.J. Stroud and because of the way the Houston Texans have been able to perform. You mentioned T-Spot. I think Cincy is a great T-Spot this week. I know Stroud's terrific. I know they're moving the ball. 
Baker Mayfield was torching the Texan defense. What is Joe Burrow and company? Now we got to see on Chase, and that's that's a problem. Like, if they don't have Jamar Chase, that's a big, big loss come Sunday. I can't see Cincinnati losing that game, dude. You want to tell me Houston cover six and a half? Fine. There's no way in the world I see Cincinnati losing that game. That's a team we tease, House. I'm in on a Bengal tease. Get it done now. I already bet it. I bet it on Monday. We talked about this on Monday. I like the Bengals um, quite a bit. Now, obviously, uh, without Jamar Chase would be uh, a reason for concern. But I think, you know, the, 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 the big difference here is Houston at home versus Houston on the road. C.J. Stroud at home versus C.J. Stroud on the road. And the ability of this uh, Bengals defense with a defensive coordinator that everybody knows his name now. Everybody knows Big Lou. And Big Lou is going to be in the running to fill one of these uh, head coaching vacancies that are going to come available in this offseason. I love the idea of Big Lou ramping up this Bengals defense to put pressure on Stroud and not let C.J. Stroud just sit, sit back in clean pockets, uh, pressure-free, and, and, and play, you know, uh, throw the ball down the field like it's seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, I'm on the Bengals. I like the Bengals. I don't mind laying the points, but I especially adore them in this tease capacity you're talking about, J.J. Okay, Dream, where do we stand on Texans Bengals? So I did give you guys the over 46 and a half. That's all the way up to 47 and a half. It was at 48 at one point. I think it came down based on the Jamar Chase news. We're still waiting on that. But when I look at this Texas team, I, I just look. Last week I had the Texans and it was like a very disappointing loss for me just because this is a team that probably should have won and covered that game, but they gave up a third and 23 to Baker Mayfield. And that says a lot about this Texans defense, 20th in defensive EPA per play, 24th in dropback success rate. 22nd in drop pack EPA for play, and they played just the 26th ranked schedule of opposing offenses. So this is a big step up in class. You look at this Bengals offense, 30, 34 against the Cardinals, 31 against the 49ers, 24 against the Bills, and you could argue that they left some meat on the bone because the Bills didn't really push them offensively. So I expect the Bengals to be able to score at will, so I still like that over. The interesting thing about this game is that the look-ahead line on this in the preseason was Bengals minus nine and a half. So at seven, it feels like a little bit of value, but I'm going to wait on the Jamar Chase news. Okay. Then the final game in the AFC North, which by the way, I'm giving you advance notice. This is the right line of the week. I have it circled. Uh, I call dibs on it. So when you watch Ringer Wise guys, 11 a.m. Eastern on FanDuel TV, you heard it here first on East Coast Bias. So we're giving you a little spoiler and a little preview to what you're going to get come Sunday. Raheem, the Steelers only laying three against the Packers is as rat line as it gets. The Packer offense stinks. Jordan Love stinks. I'm out on them. I know you guys liked them in the preseason. I know you're completely out. I know the Steelers are cockroaches. I know they find ways to win these games. Sooner or later, that tends to correct itself. I, I, I just get this the, the feeling, the sense, whatever you want to call it, it happens this week. I'm on the Packers because it makes no sense. I know that the Steeler offense stinks. That line is too low with three. It's one of those immediately, I've circled it. I'm on Green Bay. They win the game outright. So, JJ, you think it's too low, huh? I, I mean, do. I do. The, the, yeah, the, I do. I would I would feel a lot better if it, if it was less. <laughs> if it was the Steelers by two and a half or two. But who's I betting? Think- but, but, but here's my counter with that, House. 
Who's betting the Packers at three other than me? The answer is nobody. You're Nobody's betting right. the Packers. And that's what I mean. What, what are we missing here, Dream? I don't think you're missing anything. The Steelers are going to win this game. Like, Jordan Love stinks. Like He does. <laughs> He like, stinks. And I just think you're to bet against the Mike Tomlin voodoo, you're just putting yourself in a bad situation. I, I, I like at, at some point in time, you have to throw out the models. You have to throw out the uh, analytics. You have to throw out logic because the Steelers are five and three and they've been out gaining yardage in every single game this season. I, I mean, logically, you just can't. There's nothing you could do about that. And look, if it was a better quarterback than Jordan Love, I'd probably be with you. But this guy can't even throw a 10-yard out. Like, they had no business. Like, they didn't They didn't run away and hide against the Rams with Brett Rippett. So this spread being right around three, I, I think the Steelers could easily win this game. They could win this game by a touchdown. So it's just like I, I can't bet the Packers at this point in time, especially on the road. Listen, guys, I get it. You're giving me the buyer beware. I just, my gambling instincts are kicking in. I expect everyone and their mother to be on the Steelers. There's no real justification to put your money on Jordan Love on the road against a Mike Tomlin coach team and a Mike Tomlin coach defense, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm on the Packers plus three, and I actually grabbed three and a half when I saw that very briefly on like Monday or Tuesday, and I might be sprinkling a little bit on the Packer money line. Maybe that'll be my dog of the week. All right, we got one more game I want to hit on here before we get to the primetime specials. House, Detroit, and the Chargers. Doesn't this game have nutty, bizarre, extravaganza written all over it with these two teams? I expect this game to be bananas between these two. Yeah, let's just go over and then over and then over and over again. Let's just have a, a full-on, you know, old-school NFL shootout. We're, we're kind of due for that. We haven't had one uh, in a while. The Lions, you know, had that, that bye week after taking care of business against the Raiders Monday Night Football. We get David Montgomery back. We like this offense firing on all cylinders. The Chargers, you know, super pass heavy and you know they they honestly were not that impressive against the Jets so that Jets defense did all, all that you could ask of that defense to keep the Jets in that game but uh, you know the 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 only way for me to mess around with this Lions Chargers game uh I I do get the feeling that there's going to be 50,000 Lions fans they've been dying to travel you know, for a for for two decades now, they finally get to go to a nice destination, L.A. In the middle of of November, you could do worse. They finally get to go somewhere nice and root for their team. They'll take over SoFi Stadium, but I'm not messing with the line. I I like the over. I like the Lions in this game, and a big reason why is because I think this Chargers team is completely fraudulent. Like they played this Jets team, they only scored 13 offensive points, and I know that the Jets have a top tier defense, but Ever since Mike Williams tore his ACL, this team has not been able to stretch the field offensively. And Joshua Palmer is also out of this game. So I'm not expecting much from this Chargers offense at all. This is a team which is 20th in offensive success rate. And if there's one thing that we know the Detroit Lions can do is that they can score. So I would be looking towards the Lions here. It's a shame that this line is at three now, but at two and a half or better, I think this is a smash spot. 
I'm right there with you, Raheem. I love Detroit in this spot. And you guys know I had the Chargers on Monday night. That was a painful viewing experience because they were inept on offense. Justin Herbert only had 130 yards of passing, yet they found a way to win the game by 21 plus points because Zach Wilson was the opposing quarterback for the New York Jets. So. And they got three fumbles. Like, we all know fumble luck is random, but when you recover three fumbles, and like that changes the game. And upon return for a touchdown, I like the fact that Goff knows the stadium well. You don't have to worry about bad weather. The Lions kind of coming off their bye. I expect them to be chiseled. I expect them to be ready to go. And I actually like the fact, Raheem, that this line keeps skyrocketing because I just, I think at three, it's still showing you where the market is moving, which for our money is with the Detroit Lions. So I'm right there with you. That's a play for me. If you can get two and a half, great. But Lions minus three on FanDuel sounds like a win as far as I'm concerned. Now, fellas, when we come back, the Sunday night game, yeah. the Thursday night game's even worse. You know, Al Michaels, at least he's getting Ravens Bengals next week because, you know, that uh, whatever they're paying him to do a game, which is plenty. We all know that. We're all aware of that. He uh, He's earning it Thursday with the Panthers and the Bears. How do we bet this one? That's coming up right here on East Coast Bias. can't believe we're talking about this game but fellas we have to because it's a Thursday night game and it's a standalone game and if I'm going to sit there and commit my time to it and the lovely lady actually is going to be in Chicago for work she's actually going to this game she actually thinks it's a good idea to go sit at Soldier Field freeze her rear end off and watch the Panthers and the Bears more power to you you couldn't pay they could put that game in my backyard and I wouldn't sit outside there's no way in the world I would do that but anyway I'll bet it cuz why not the Bears are three and a half point favorites house no fields it'll be badgered at quarterback the Panthers we watched them Sunday against Indianapolis they stink they're awful they're as advertised how in the world do we bet this game Bears favored by three and a half total at 38 and a half what do we think uh, the first thing to do is wait for it to get to three. You can't bet this three and a half. But I, I will say this. This is your absolute, this is, there's the no better uh, example of the Spider-Man meme with the guys pointing at each other than, than these two teams. Uh, Chicago, you know, turning the ball over on a league high, almost 20% of the possessions, uh, 18.8. But Chicago moved the ball pretty well against a great Saints defense. Uh, down in New Orleans this past week, it, uh, but for the five turnovers, Chicago was a live dog all week. They're 30th and second half point differential. The Panthers are 31st and second half point differential. They're tied for last in the league in allowing opponents to convert red zone possessions for touchdowns. I don't know what to say. The I thought that the Bears offensive game plan that had um, T-Bag out running quite a bit was pretty pretty good, but I, I I don't know what to do. We would just watch Bryce Young throw pick sixes, uh, you know, the, it w- as though uh, he he had wagered on some of those kinds of things. I'm not suggesting that there's anything with his integrity, but um, it's the Bryce Young that we kind of uh, expected as the season's been playing along here. I, I guess if you have to bet it, it would be Chicago for me. So this game is ugly. It, it it's super ugly and. Not only is it ugly, it just feels like like 
there's so many injuries right now that we, we just aren't sure. Like you look at Justin Fields, he could play, he could not play. The Panthers are missing guys. Brian Burtons might not play. C.J. Henderson might not play. So they're missing guys on the defensive side of the field. But I want to remind everybody, primetime unders last two seasons, 62 and 29. Like unders right now in the NFL are just cleaning up. Myself and Warren Sharp talked about this the other day. NFL unders are 83, 52, and 1, 61%. That's the best through nine weeks since 1991. And neither one of these offenses are great. You look at the Carolina Panthers. They take off against the Indianapolis Colts. They only put up 13 points against a Colts team, which was giving up 30 and 40 points to everybody. So I think you go under 40 here. I think that's the best play on the board. This is probably going to drop down. I wouldn't be surprised if this is 38 by the time you're watching this. So I would go under, but with a low total, I think you kind of got to hold your nose and play the Panthers at three and a half or the Bears to be giving up three and a half. That's such a tough spread. I get your point, Raheem. I do. But after what I saw from Bryce Young and Carolina offensively, I can't do it. I'm actually, if I had to bet this game, and I'm with you on the under, I think the under is the play. Keep riding those primetime unders till you can't ride them no more. I actually would go the other way, hold my nose, and lay it with Chicago. I can't believe I'm oh, saying God. that. But I, I don't know what's I mean, uglier. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The fact that you have to play one of these two sides No matter what your decision may be, it's ugly, ugly, ugly. So nice job, NFL schedule makers, giving us Chicago and Carolina on a Thursday night. Now, the Raider Jet game is not nearly as ugly. It's ugly because it's Zach Wilson and Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. So it's ugly. But both teams are somewhat in the mix. We know the Jets probably have a top five defense. Raheem, explain this one to me. Line last week or before Monday. Jets by two and a half. The Raiders beat a giant team that's starting Tommy DeVito after Jones blows out his knee. They're smoking cigars. They're partying like it's 1999 after winning, celebrating Josh McDaniel's exodus. That line is now down to one. I know I bet against the Jets last week and had success. How's Aiden O'Connell moving the football on the Jets? I mean, in all seriousness, the Jets can't lose that game. I know the line is working against me. There might be some short money on the Raiders with the interim head coach. The Jets can't lose that game, Raheem. I'm on the Jets minus one. I know it's ugly. I know it's bad. I know it's Zach Wilson. Aiden O'Connell can't beat that defense. This is an outlandish line. Like, absolutely outlandish line. Like, the Jets should be laying like two and a half here. And the only reason why you're seeing this line is it is where it is is because the Raiders won their game last week, and they won a game against Tommy DeVito. Like, let's be real. Like, Danny Jones... Daniel Dimes, he he tore, he tore his ACL after it was 7 nothing, and this game kind of got away from them. But Tommy DeVito is probably one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history. You got to go to Nathan Peterman to be in his category. So, like, the Jets lost on, on, on primetime. You got to take the Jets here. Yeah, I, I'm with Dream. You, We've made many, many, many jokes about looking yourself in the mirror and saying yes I, I, I did bet on Zach Wilson to cover a spread, but this is an instance where you got to do it. Once again, the Jets defense shuts down a top-notch quarterback. Justin Herbert's numbers from that Monday night game were not good, and you can say whatever you want about his hand, but when you string together the quarterbacks that this Jets defense has faced, and and you know I wouldn't use Robert Sala's word, I wouldn't say that they embarrassed them, 
but they certainly contain Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. And so if I'm looking between the two teams, the two uh, defenses, which defense is more likely to cause an offense to make a mistake? I like the position that the, the Jets are in. The Jets damn near had the interception that I expected them to have on, on Monday night. I mean, the ball hit the man right in the hands against Herbert. I think the turnovers and the field position are the difference. And you got to take the team with the best unit in the game. That's the Jets with their defense. It's one of my best bets of the week. There's a good chance this ends up as my wise enough pick is the week. Seems like the East Coast Bias Boys, the United Front, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Hold your nose with Zach Wilson playing quarterback. Boys, when we come back, it's only a two-game slate in the NBA, but how do we handicap a Thursday NBA action? Plus, something we might be looking towards, so early season trends maybe that we should keep an eye out on as we progress into November and December and beyond. ECB, coming right back. So we only have two games to choose from from the NBA card. Um, that's what happens when everybody's playing on Wednesday. You didn't have games on Tuesday because of Election Day, and on and on we go. Milwaukee lane three and a half against the Indiana Pacers. Milwaukee four and two on the air. The Pacers at four and three. Uh, Atlanta, Raheem, we know we're invested in the Atlanta Hawks. Two and a half point favorites at the Orlando Magic. Um, any which way, Dream, you want to go with any of these games? What do we, what do we have in mind? Well, you have the Indiana Pacers. They're going to be on a back-to-back. So you're, lo- you're looking at this game, total of 242. And the, the Indiana Pacers, I mean, they play at the fastest pace in the league. And they're taking on a Milwaukee Bucks defense, which is 27th in defensive efficiency. I mean, they're giving up almost 120 points per under possession. So I would be looking over there. You almost have to keep playing Indiana Pacers overs until you, you just can't play them anymore. And then with the Hawks and the Magic, I'd be looking towards the Hawks just because I, I just think the Hawks are a team who they can score the ball efficiently. They're sixth in offensive efficiency. You look at the Atlanta, you look at the Orlando Magic, they can't score. They're, they're top tier defense, but they can't score efficiently. So I'd be looking at the Hawks there. Yeah, JJ, for me, it's only one play between those two games, and Dream stole my thunder. I'm not surprised. It is the over in that in that Pacers Bucks game. Both teams coming off of uh, uh, playing on Wednesday night, and you know we've seen 155 points that the Pacers have given up, and we keep talking about. We hear Bill Simmons talk about it. there's something wrong with the Bucks' defense. So give me both teams coming out on Thursday night, not playing any defense, and just going up and down the floor. Let's let's grab that over in the in the in the Bucks Pacers game. All right, I like the sound of that. I'm with you, Raheem, on Atlanta. I'll lay it on the road against the Orlando Magic. And I want to commend our guy Dream, who I was watching the game Monday night, near and dear to my heart. Ended up taking the Knicks when we had some reverse line movement. You were all over that. You smelled that a rat. But what was the trend, Raheem, that you noticed here as far as the Harden trade and as far as a high-usage guy going to a new environment? Maybe something we're looking to fade in those first couple of games they're on a new team? So I'm going to be tracking this all year, but I've always held this theory that when a high-usage guy is either inserted into the lineup due to a trade or due to an injury after missing time for quite some time, you want to fade those teams. So I'm going to track how that does this season. I'm going to let you guys know the results. 
I like the sound of that house. Something to think about. But I know I saw the Knicks go from, I think it was like one and a half point underdogs to like two point favorites on Monday. And I was like, sign me up. Give me the Knickerbockers. And didn't even have to sweat it out in the fourth quarter house. You love those. That was a family play. I jumped on it as well. We were on our text thread. We observed the opportunity. Dream pointed us in the right direction. Got on there. That was the only cash I had Monday night because I was all over the dumb jets otherwise. But I will say to Dream's point, I am interested in one particular team. One of the wagers that I made this week was on the Philadelphia 76ers. I invested. I I decided that I'd seen enough. I wanted some very early season investment in the Sixers because I want some protection against anything happening to Boston that might derail their fortunes. I think Philadelphia, based on what I've seen so far this season, is ahead of the Bucs. And I'll repeat myself. I think Philadelphia is ahead of the Bucs. I think the chemistry's better. I think Maxi as a revelation is better. I like their head coach quite a bit more than I like the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. And at the price, plus 850 for the Eastern Conference right now, as a hedge against anything happening to the Celtics, I'm invested, JJ. I did it. Fascinating dream. House in on your Sixers. You want to jump on board or you're not there yet, Dream? I'm getting there because when you look at how this team is performing right now, they're top five in offense, top five in defense. My biggest thing is that I need to see Joel Embiid really put it together when it matters. I need to see him be healthy when it matters. And we know Nick Nurse is going to make a trade at some point. So while they're, you know, playing really well right now, I need to see it in May. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the problem with Philadelphia, Raheem, from your standpoint. You've seen successful regular seasons where even if the Sixers end up as a top two or a top three seed, you're kind of... You're jaded by it, kind of in the same way you would be with the Cowboys, where it's like, yeah, I've seen my teams get there, but can they get to that next level? Can they get over the hump? And by the way, Philadelphia and Dallas in that similar boat where the second round has been their bugaboo in more ways than one. I didn't want to go there, Raheem, but, you know. It's so crazy because if you didn't didn't say it, I was going to say it. So we were on the (laughs) same page. (laughs) On that note, that makes me feel a little better. When we come back, we'll have our best bets. Week nine in the NFL. I might have spoiled mine, but I also have a player two down the road in college basketball for the national championship. We'll wrap up East Coast Bias right after this. Before we say goodbye, best bets. The floor is yours. House, let's start with you. Week nine, what do we like? You know how much I love to get exotic. We are in the teaser space. The teasers have been good to me so far this season, JJ. We tipped our hand a little bit on the Bengals leg. I'm playing a six-point teaser. I adore the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to be investing in the Seattle Seahawks this week. It's a brutal spot for Washington. Uh, They have played... The 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 um they've been on the road forever. Bottom ten offense, bottom t- ten defense. The, the fourth out of the last five games on the road, and it's a good right spot for the Seattle offense. Pete Carroll coming off uh, a loss. This is a, a bunch of good numbers that support that. But really, this is to me an opportunity to see Seattle get right, and this Washington team with all of the travel trauma. I'm taking pit, uh, Seattle down to a pick em. And then the Bengals at home against Houston down from, from seven to, to one. Uh, we kind of made the case already. I like the Bengals at home. I like the Bengals defense. I like Big Lou 
coaching up his boys to put some pressure on C.J. Stroud. So that's my six-point teaser. Seattle down to a pick them. Bengals down to one. Sounds fantastic. Sounds juicy. Where do I sign? Okay, Raheem, what do we got? Best bet. I got two in the same game. We're going to go Saints, Vikings, under 41 and a half, and we're going to go with the Saints, minus two and a half. You could parlay those if you want. I'm not a big parlay guy, but I like both of those. Look, there's no way that Josh Dobbs is going to be rolling out to his right and passing the open receivers all day long like he did last week against the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints defense is much better. In addition, you look at Justin Jefferson. He's out. K.J. Osborne. He's out. T.J. Hawkinson. He's out. Christian Darisol. He's out. This is a banged up Vikings team. And I think this this Saints team, which has been, they're going to be prepared for Josh Dobbs this week. Unlike the Atlanta Falcons, you look at the Vikings, they're not going to be able to lean on their run game 27th and rushing EPA per play. And like I said before, Josh Dobbs has been solved. So I don't think it's going to be a lot of points in this game. You look at both of these teams, they really struggle in the red zone. So we go Saints minus two and a half, and we're going to go under 41 and a half. I gave that out with my podcast with Warren Sharp the other day. So take both. I like it. Fair enough. I'll ride. I think it's a good zig and zag opportunity with the Minnesota Vikings. Guys, I spoil my NFL best bet. I love the Jets. The Jets, to me, is a hammer spot. There's no way in the world they're losing to Aiden O'Connell. I'm sorry, Mike Wargon, our buddy, our producer extraordinaire, is a big Raider fan. And I'm not going to lie. I hope I'm wrong on this because I'm not exactly sitting there waving pom-poms for the New York Jets. But I do think the Jets are the right side laying a point. I got two futures for you guys in college basketball. There are a lot of great futures out there. This is a good time to get in. Duke and Kansas are the favorites on FanDuel at 11-1. That's no fun. I'm taking an experienced Kentucky team. Kentucky at 20-1. Circle that one. I'm invested preseason beak. The other one I like, they were so good to us last year. And I know they lost Isaiah Wong, but hey, guess what? They reload. They got NIL money. Miami, who was a Final Four team a year ago, I am taking Miami at 40-1 to to win the national championship. So those are two we can kind of monitor and have some fun with and root for throughout the course of December, January, February, March. And we'll see if I got really good numbers or we'll see if I got the total shaft and I should have waited until March Madness. But... With college basketball starting, I figured we'd give you a couple of family future plays before we say goodbye. For House, Raheem, JJ, good stuff from our buddy, the Wargon Warrior. Enjoy your Thursday. We'll be back on Sunday with Ringer Wise Guys at 11. Monday, we'll have a recap of Week 9 right here on the Ring Gambling Show. Boys are out. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas. Under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit slash chat in Connecticut. 109 within Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.